Welcome you back to Moving Forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Happy to welcome Eric Peterson back to the program. Eric, you've been a regular contributor for Young Voices. For folks meeting you for the first time, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I am based in uh, New Orleans. I work at the Pelican Center for Technology and Innovation, and I work really hard to make sure that uh, Louisiana is the most welcoming state for innovators and new ideas in the nation. Nice. Now, we're going to be talking uh, about the, the budgeting uh, the budgeting issue that's going on in Washington right now. But specifically, I'm looking at an article of yours. There's enough money to close the digital divide. Why is Congress pushing for more? Um, can we start with what is that digital divide that you're referring to? Yeah, the digital of those who aren't able to take advantage of all the great things that the internet has provided us. And the reason they're not able to take advantage is either because they don't have access to um, internet speeds high enough to do things like we're doing right now, like um, or go to home, do their homework or watch Netflix, um, or they have a digital divide problem because they don't have the proper devices to get online. So uh, the cause is can be twofold, but that's uh, essentially what the digital divide is about. Okay, now let's talk about uh, spending. I mean, look, um, the the bills that we're talking about, and we're talking the infrastructure bill, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Infra- the one point two billion dollar infra- or trillion dollar, excuse me, infrastructure bill. I always forget that T. <laughs> infrastructure has taken on a lot of different meanings, and and yeah. sometimes I'm a little bit confused because it looks a lot like whatever a politician thinks, you know, whatever pork they'd like to send a certain direction. Well, that's infrastructure too. Specifically, we're talking about though, like broadband and and online infrastructure, which it turns out is kind of a, an important thing, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We saw during the pandemic how important our networks were, right? The ability for people to, to work online or go to school online um, really highlighted the digital divide in many places in our country. And uh, the government has been working to, to close this for quite some time. But we've also seen a really interesting new technologies to help close that digital divide as well. What are some of those technologies? Uh, I mean, the, the two that come to mind both are uh, both Amazon with their constellation of satellites and also SpaceX. Um, these rural areas are some of the hardest places to get with technology, whether you're trying to do fixed wireless Internet or run fiber cables out there. It can be prohibitively expensive, especially uh, if folks don't want Internet. But um, SpaceX has basically solved that problem you know, by a $600 satellite dish pointed at the sky, and uh, you've got pretty good Internet coverage. Yeah, well, and I, I'm connected with you right now via Starlink, and consider it one of the best things that could ever have happened. Because, man, I have I'm not the only person who struggled with slow internet and raised my fist and shook at it. You know, the the lack of of internet options, but that it's it's a, it's a very good technology, and I'm I'm happy to hear that there's more opportunities like that coming along. Now, let me ask you this. What what is the the main goal? Yeah, I mean, this sounds like legit infrastructure, but always it seems like there's strings attached whenever government money goes somewhere. Is there an interest that the federal government has in in spending the the billions of dollars they want to spend in in expanding broadband broadband? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there is a legitimate interest in you know promoting broadband. Again, we saw how important it was during the last year and a half. Uh, the thing is, there's already up to $800 billion uh, available for broadband spending uh, that came through things like the CARES Act or the budget or the Federal Communications Commission, uh, which is all 
spending money to close this digital divide. So when we look at spending an additional $1.2 trillion on infrastructure spending, it's like, well, why is there $65 billion allocated? And if you go and look at it, um, one thing becomes immediately clear is that a lot of that money is designed not to go to people who don't have internet access, though um, certainly some of those people might see some of that money. What it's designed to do is go to places to spend and, and create more uh, networks on top of places that already have networks and specifically in government-owned networks. Um, it looks like there's a lot of favoritism towards getting the government in the business of providing broadband service uh, in and of itself rather than creating grant programs uh, that have the private market invest in areas that they might not would, might not otherwise because it wouldn't make financial sense to do so. Okay, I want to I want to express a concern that I have, and you can tell me if uh, I'm just being paranoid. But it seems like there's a lot of uh, crossover between government and and business right now. Uh, we're seeing this with, with vaccine mandates and so forth. How wise would it be to have government, you know, enjoined with businesses in providing broadband? It just seems to me like that could open up the door to. Um, control of information issues even more than we're seeing right now with all the fact checkers and 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 various uh, algorithms that seem to be doing that on be, uh, at the behest of um you know government you know for facebook or twitter or those kind of things yeah you raise a really interesting point when the net neutrality debates were happening uh which seems like a long time ago but they were not uh the sort of worry is that you know big telecom companies right we're going to be the gatekeepers they are going to be the ones stopping you from accessing whatever information you didn't want to access and the government was going to have to get involved uh to put a stop to that right they wanted the free flow of information and that's why we need need a net neutrality uh turned out that even without net neutrality that hasn't been an issue and most of the debate over um, what kind of content you get online has shifted to other sorts of companies and the platforms that you mentioned. Uh, but I would say that the concern there is not just that government is getting into uh, bed with business and creating these networks. It's the government would be running these businesses themselves. Um, and the $3.5 trillion house plan, they would actually give a 30% rebate to all um, gov- or networks owned and operated by local or state governments. And that's really putting your finger on the scale of not having private innovators uh, provide Internet access across the country, uh, but government being the ones who are you know, providing Internet. Yeah, I, <laughs> that, that sense of concern remains. Talk to me about uh, where should people be paying close attention when it comes to um, broadband? I Look, I, I live in a rural area. And and one of the reasons why I got my Starlink uh, satellite uh, dish as quickly as I did was because apparently I live in an area that's very underserved by high speed broadband. So that was kind of a blessing. But, um, you know, sounds like there's a lot of opportunity that could be opened up to people in, in various areas of flyover country if there was, you know, greater access, particularly to high speed Internet. Yeah, I mean, that that's the the beauty of the internet, right? It could really level the playing field. Um, you know, we've seen the rise of remote work, but that only happens if you can have a fast enough internet connection. Uh, the FCC has you know, undertaken an effort to map out which areas are underserved or don't have any service. Um, and I, I think understanding exactly where that is will be really important. But this is where the states can play a really big role. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about that $800 billion, uh, that's available. States have access to a lot of that money to spend on broadband infrastructure. If they identify those key areas, they 
can do a lot to help expand access to those areas using those funds um, without necessarily getting in the business of providing broadband internet themselves. Just one example uh, would be providing vouchers so that folks who might not be able to afford the $500 to buy your Starlink satellite, uh, you know, give a voucher, they can go buy it and then, you know, pay for the service um, in perpetuity. And that makes way more sense than giving it to a company to run expensive fiber wire out there at the cost of, you know, thousands of dollars. So it's spending money that's already been allocated to good use using market mechanisms and actually addressing the problem we want to uh, address. I think you've got the right idea here. And I would much rather see the market be the ones to step up with that innovation and, and uh, you know, investment to make it happen. I'm just, for, for various reasons, I'm, I'm very worried about government getting its hands further into the cookie jar and uh, exerting more control than it already does, you know, primarily regulatory-wise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we're far away off from this in America, but you certainly have seen in other uh, countries, right, when uh, things start to go south politically, right? One of the first things to do is shut down the Internet. Yep. There was some talk uh, four or five months ago when Cuba was going through their issues about providing Internet access to the Cuban people uh, via satellite. And I think, again, this is what you're seeing, the great uh, progress of innovation, right? That um, if Elon Musk gets enough satellites up there and you have a satellite dish in Cuba, the government might not be able to stop you from getting online, no matter what they try to do. Um, and that's that's the real benefit of innovation and letting the market lead rather than the government um, sort of take control over these issues. Tell me something positive that uh, that you see on the horizon, um, either innovation-wise or just um, technology-wise. It seems like uh, we, we have come a long way from when the first smartphones uh, were out. What was it, 2007, the iPhone was released? What do you see coming that uh, that gives you encouragement? Yeah, I mean, obviously, satellite Internet, I think, is, is really a game changer, as you're pointing out in your uh, rural areas. One thing that I found uh, particularly interesting, obviously, I live in New Orleans. We just went through a hurricane. One of the big differences between uh, now and Katrina, obviously, there are very different storms. Uh, but the way that our communications infrastructure has been updated, part of the rate reason Katrina was so bad is so few people could communicate with each other. Um, cell phones went down, uh, you know, access to the internet on your phone was something that didn't happen. And now uh, communication companies are doing everything from launching blips to drones that provide um, telecommunications access. So people know where to go to be safe. If they need rescuing, they can contact the government or people like the Cajun Navy. Um, all that to say is, you know, it goes to save lives and, uh, you know, can get the people the, the recovery they need really soon after a storm, and that's a, that's a great benefit. Okay, we're talking with Eric Peterson. He is a Young Voices contributor and director of the Pelican Center for Technology and Innovation at the Pelican Institute for Public Policy. Eric, great to catch up with you once, you get, once again. Have a great one. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Brian. 